I who made the stars of night. I will make their darkness bright. Who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I send? Here I am, here I am. Is it
Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Mark, long time no see, and uh, together with me, hi, Father. We have Father. Hi, Mark. Good morning, morning, morning. Haven't seen you on the show, this show for a long, long time. We've been yes, sitting Father, in the back yes. end all this while. How are yes, you keeping? Correct. Okay, Father, not too bad. How about you, Father? Watching the Euros? All right, so, Pardon? Are you watching the Euros? Yes, yes. Trying to like, at least the earlier matches, and then maybe catch on the catch up a little bit on the on the repeats on the during the day. Uh, cool, father. So, which team do you support? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the team that always disappoints, England. <laughs> We're still in it, father. We're going to bring it home. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. we hope so. We hope so. Anyway, yes, yes. yeah. Good morning, so everyone. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So we have a lot of people this morning tuning in from different parts of Malaysia. We're from Miri, from Sramban, from, from Shah Alam, from Penang. Yes, yes. So welcome to everybody. Yes, welcome, welcome. We like to hear where you're from. We like to hear, I mean, in terms of, uh, yeah, in terms of how you're doing this morning. How is it like? Uh, for us here, Father, we'll be going through our first day of EMCO. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it looks like Klang Valley has been uh, heightened now, uh, much of Selangor. Uh, and bits of KL also, uh, back to another period of lock lockdown. Uh, I, I guess a lot of people are also very tired uh, with all this that is happening. Uh, we must acknowledge the challenges that people are facing, uh, uh, not just adults, uh, but also I think, you know, uh, young people, children. No one is spared, Mark, isn't it? I mean, no one is, is, is spared in this, this period of, of having to stay at home. Uh, so whether you are young, whether you are old, uh, whether you are you know, whatever stages in life you are in, everyone is going through a challenge. Yes, and how are you keeping, Mark? How are you keeping with work and family and every, everything else? Actually, it's quite havoc, Father. <laughs> but thank God, uh, I, mean, I, I mean, I feel uh, blessed. I mean, looking at the circumstances uh, around me and all, just blessed that, uh, yeah, I have a good family. I mean, Mel has been good. And, and of course, my, the parents are here staying with me, taking care of us and also taking care of the kids. But Father, I believe that... Uh, we are fortunate, but many people, Father, I think, uh, are going through a, a difficult stage at this time, Father. I mean, they may not be as fortunate. So, uh, it, it's quite sad, but, yeah, I mean, whatever it is, there's not, I mean, I, I wouldn't complain, Father, you know, but just... Yeah. yeah. So, I guess for, for us here at Catholics at Home, this is this is partly our mission, especially when we started off, uh, you know, at the beginning of the, of the podcast, is to be able to offer people hope. Uh, encouragement uh, in, in whatever way, whatever form. So we've, we've been having all these different conversations. Uh, now we are on episode number 65. Uh, yeah, we've been going on for 65 weeks. We never thought we'd, we'd survive this uh, after so long. But I think, you know, uh, our numbers have been growing. People have been very encouraging. Thank you very much for the messages that you send us uh, to help to, to keep us going. You know, sometimes we too feel tired. But you know the words that the words of encouragement that that comes from from our listeners from our uh, it is what that keeps us going. So that's why this morning we we thought that we will we will continue a conversation that perhaps we did have in in some ways, uh, but something very relevant, something very you know very very close to the hearts of many people, uh, and also a bit worrying also. So I thought, Mark, maybe you know, I I was just kind of reading reading the the newspapers and reading what's being published out there. Uh, and I think one of the great concerns uh, would be children. And we, say, we, say, we say children are our futures, right? Uh, yeah. But at this time uh, of their formative years, you know, uh, it's a great challenge that you and I probably never went through uh, in our growing up years. You know, we, when we wanted to play, we just ran out to the padang and we just played uh, and we came back, 
you know, but they're really going through different things. So I, I kind of picked up a few, five, five statements, just, you know, just to put ourselves in, in this context uh, of what is being said out there. Uh, yeah, maybe we just want to kind of bring up this, this little statements that we, you know, uh, the first thing is, is about, you know, so, so research is, is showing that uh, COVID-19, not just the health aspect, but the mental health of children, uh, they're beginning to see, you know, signs of depression, anxiety, that are becoming more prevalent. So I think maybe this is the, the red flag, red flags that we are we're going to talk about this morning, uh, and to yeah. see how you know what can we do, what can we do to prevent. I think it's always prevention is better than cure, right? Uh, you know, it's better to prevent it. And you know, now with schools being locked down, you begin to realize that uh, the the routine, yeah, you know, they they lose. That seems to be the anchor. So whatever you say, yeah. you know, whatever you say, whether you know you like you know. Kids, you know, those days, kids, I mean, we, when we were children, children today, I think the same. You get up on a Monday morning and you say, ah, I don't feel like going to school. You know, it's, I think it's, it's every generation is yeah. that, you know, yeah. but somehow that is the anchor in their life. That's, that's one constant in their lives. Uh, and that's kind of like taken away. So there's, there's something that has changed. Uh, but can I have the next, yeah, the next, the next one seems to say that, you know, because not just, but children with special needs are also having this great challenge. Maybe, you know, it's it's augmented for them. Uh, already, there's a challenge for them. Uh, so they are becoming frustrated, short-tempered. You know, I've, I've heard this from, from parents also who have children with special needs. Uh, and and would be, what would, the next statement would be, yeah. So on the overall health, we see children are, and I think this is a study that we showed some time ago when we did a show with Kevin about education. You know, yeah. the online education is also making them feel very lonely uh, yeah. in that sense. Uh, yeah. And the, the last one would be, so there is a serious concern, you know. And now the problem is even magnified simply because, you know, everyone, families are, are facing economic uncertainties. Uh, yeah. So the problems increase. Now, with all these things, you know, this is not not so much to 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 paint a bleak picture, but probably these are the concerns that people have that we talk we talk about this morning. But before we bring in our guest, Mark, you know, you have two 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 handsome young boys, you know, Matthias and uh, uh, Matt, Marcus. Uh, Marcus. That's right. What what are we, in in this you know lockdown? What is your concern? Uh, what are your concerns for them, Mark, as a as a father? Actually, yeah, a couple of other, but uh, I think. Uh, Two things. One is the education part of it. Uh, I think the online learning. I think uh, it's it's a, a bit difficult for them, uh, especially because they are like in the early stages. Uh, for them to get used to, and and also I think uh, uh, for them to. I I don't know the growth level uh, in terms of where they are today in terms of the education level, but uh, I hope they are they are learning well. Uh, at least there's some form of education, but I I, I think. Uh, it's a bit different like, from going to school and then you're having a, a more structured uh, a format and parents are more comfortable to that, you know, because today they're in their computers. I, to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not watching them 100% all the time. So so sometimes they may be playing, watching Minecraft uh, videos and playing games and also that is one. <laughs> I think the second thing, I mean, my youngest one, father, I mean, I, I, he doesn't have much friends, father, <laughs> you know, so that's another worry because he's only in standard two. And I think he went to school maybe just for one or two months, maybe. <laughs> So the older one has friends he can chat with and stuff like that. There's like a community. Uh, 
and it reminds me of like our school days my primary days were the most meaningful because we grew up six years or five years with people who were playing like what you mentioned and and now i think it's a bit different you know and and they are chatting online and all but the youngest one is a bit worrying because uh he don't have that 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 that, that sense of uh friendship uh, with, with his own uh, classmates you know so i think those are the two things but i also sit in the board of the lasalle uh, governor's father and 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 i think uh, they ask children for example who don't have technology and stuff you know so i think that's a different worry which they would face and i think uh, then then some of them also are maybe uh, on the poorer side you know so so they 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 they're going through financial difficulties from the parents and some of them are forced to work and all but now during the emco so i think whatever uh, the, the things you shared earlier father i think it's very relevant to it and, and i think it's a good topic for us to discuss further with our two yeah. guests father you know yeah so i think i think you you kind of pointed out rightly not just the the, the intellectual development but the the socio emotional development uh is greatly impacted and yeah would you like to to, to introduce our sure. guest this morning yeah, so today we have uh, uh, two guests with us here. Yeah? Uh, we have Mag Madeline Yong and Jamil Badwi. Yeah, so Madeline basically is a play therapist and also is a co-creator of Power of Play, a service that offers clinical sessions to individuals and groups of children. Yeah, so she works with many many types of her children, adopted children, children with problems in school, ADHD, ASD, abuse, and much more. Yeah, she conducts therapeutic groups, workshops uh, for adults. Uh, uh, through the power of play.net and also the founder of uh, protect and save the children ps the children yeah who has over 20 years advocating children protection issues yeah she has led organ uh, the organization with services specializing in prevention intervention and treatment of sexually abused children ps children today has become the region's prominent voice of children rights protection and a bold indicator of new structures program and policies so yeah, so that is Madeline Yong and Jamil. Jamil, on the other hand, let me introduce you to him. Yeah, he's, he's an educator leader with over 12 years of experience holding middle and senior leadership roles all across UK, Singapore and Malaysia. Today, he currently works at, as the deputy head primary of an international group school. Yep, so let us welcome both of them. Hi, morning, 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 Madeline, morning, Jamil. Morning. morning. Clarence, thank you for right. this Thank you, thank you very much for for taking time off uh, on a Saturday morning where you could be doing other things uh, to to be with us here uh, and to to have this this conversation on a, on a very important topic uh, with regard to children. Uh, both of you work with with children. Uh, I know Madeline, you you work with many different groups of children uh, on a formal and in a non formal setting also. Uh, and also Jamil has got this great experience as being an educator and not just an educator i think i think you bring the, the value of being a parent too and you have uh, i believe two children if yes, i remember right, you. <laughs> two yeah. and how, how how old are they uh they are four and six but they're about to turn five and seven uh, in a few months all right so so you have you have first-hand experience uh not just in terms of the theory of, of it all but also as being a parent, uh, and I think they're about the same age as Mark's children, possibly uh, in, in that range. Uh, so we want to talk a little bit about, about uh, mental well-being uh, and children. You know, I kind of uh, showed some statements that were out there, not, not so much to paint a bleak picture, uh, but is this a concern that, that you have from your own experience uh, in working with children during this, you know, over 18 months now, is this something that you are concerned about? 
Uh, maybe Madeline, you want to go first? Uh, absolutely, Father Clarence. I mean, I think the latest figure in terms of the UNICEF figure on, on a suicide, right? Uh, it's 872 teens aged 15 to 18 years uh, has taken their life from January 2019 to 2021. 51% of them, um, you know, your, your suicide cases, 1,700 uh, suicide cases, 51 of them are, 51% of them are kids. So we are seeing a lot of kids acting out because of school closure, isolation, uh, no friends, boredom. A lot of kids are acting out. So there are two things that will happen. Either the kids will act out, scream, yell, uncontrollable, or they will implode in and um, be quiet. Be quiet doesn't mean they're obedient or they are, you know, it means also that it could be that the, the feeling of overwhelm of, of what's happening is so much that they have shut down. And we can talk about this a little bit more later. But definitely kids are really reacting one and a half years of not going to school. Jamil, I mean, you are, I mean, you are doing probably online teaching. Uh, and as deputy head, you are kind of managing this with your teachers. Uh, it has not really been difficult for the teacher, for the children, but also for teachers, I'm sure, uh, moving to this platform. I don't think uh, neither you or I, we were trained, we were trained for this. Maybe you were, uh, you look much younger than I am, so I guess you were trained <laughs> to teach online. <laughs> but we have all had to move very quickly. Uh, but in your formal setting, uh, are you concerned that this prolonged online teaching uh, and its impact on, on, on children? Yeah, certainly. Um, it's something that, you know, does bring about a lot of concerns. Madeline's raised some, some really interesting, you know, statistics and points there in terms of areas that we would need to consider and, 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 and be very mindful of. Um, in terms of mental well-being and, and, and my role or, or people that I work with, I think a big part of it is about trying to, you know, promote as much positivity as possible and, and certainly being able to, you know, promote a sense where the children or, or, or the parents that work and support the children feel that, you know, this is obviously a, a challenging time, but this is something which, you know, perhaps in the long term is going to be relatively temporary and that essentially we have to sort of make the best of the situation. Um, of course, there are lots of different ways in which you can look to do that. Um, but I think certainly trying to look at that wider picture and trying to sort of promote as much as much positivity as possible um, so that you essentially you know put that child that, that member of staff that parent in a position where they feel that they can embrace those new challenges um, and it's something which you know even in a regular classroom setting we would normally be trying to you know promote certain certain skills and attributes with learners like for example the attribute of resilience and although in an ideal situation our current circumstances here in Malaysia and you know other countries and people have experienced this across the world may not be ideal, but it almost does, you know, there's that expression of, of tough times creating uh, you know strong people. And certainly it's almost about trying to find uh, the, the the aspects of the challenges that are gonna allow us to grow um, and, and, and really you know do well from them. 
Yeah. The father, I'm gonna add on to um, you know, Jamila saying about education, right? I mean, I think uh, you know, I we know friends, or I know friends who has got kids from the age of preschool to primary to secondary school. You know, they're having to juggle work, and yeah. for the younger kids, they actually have to help the younger kids uh, with their homework because it's now like homeschooling. They're saying, "What is this? You know, we have an additional role here." Of homeschooling, uh, not many parents can do that and have the, the skills to do that. Uh, we were working with the 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 uh, B forty group, and um, the B forty group. Some of the kids do not have the gadgets, which means they rely very much on their parents' uh, phone and gadgets. And even if they have, some of them are not able to follow uh, the the studies online, they, they can't do online. It, they're just not capable of it. No skills, they can't follow, it's just tiring. Parents do not, are not confident enough to be able to also support them with the homework. So these are a lot of problems that we are actually seeing. Uh, you know, another thing about gadgets is that there are also corporations and people who are just giving out gadgets and, and tablets, right? Yeah. But then, you know, I come from a child protection uh, land the thing about it is like when you are giving out gadgets and and, and um, tablets to kids, you also need to teach them cybersecurity. Yeah. Because there are a lot of, uh, you know, sexual predators or basically predators out there who will befriend kids now. Uh, they're taking this opportunity to befriend kids online, uh, you know, and then there are many kids that are lonely, yeah? With the with the school closing down, the isolation, child who's only only child, mother who's working or father who's constantly working, and their life revolves only around the the tablet, are lonely. Yeah. So, so if I may ask, uh, um, talking about all of this, I mean, what are the, some of the direct impacts yeah, on the children and the young people's mental health and well-being? Especially during this time, yeah. If maybe I can open it up to both of you, Jamil, maybe to start with. Yeah, I think. I mean, certainly, you know, you've mentioned at the start concerns, and I think that experience of school and that kind of that structure that children are very used to is, is massively important. Um, and certainly, the situation that we're in at the moment is providing a lot of challenges with regards to that. So, I think, as from an educational perspective, it's about trying to instill or install as much as that as possible and, and maintain maintain that uh, how we can. Madeline's raised a great point there in terms of, you know, accessibility. I think from an educational perspective, when we look at learning uh, as teachers, it's always about trying to make the learning relevant, enjoyable, but also accessible. Um, so, of course, those challenges are now also amplified with a lot of teachers. Um, making the learning relevant shouldn't be too much of an issue because, you know, you're learning units or goals or aspects of the curriculum are there. But in terms of making the learning enjoyable, particularly with younger children, there's that great challenge, um, but really across uh, across all ages. Um, you know, with online learning, it's, it, it can be um, slightly more, again, challenging. Um, but I think the aspect Madeline's raised there with accessibility, you know, we, we work really hard to try to make sure that every student in the classroom in an ordinary situation would be able to access and engage with learning and activities and you know things like um 
in various civilizations, technological tools and not being able to have access to that is, is certainly can be problematic. We are we are experiencing a little bit of uh, of of audio challenges this coming. I think this is this is the this is the the new challenge, you know, uh, fighting for bandwidth. <laughs> and you know, like Madeline said, that, you know, uh, as much as we have good connections, can you imagine all the others? Yeah. So we try and try and correct this. Uh, we we'll try and get our technical people to correct uh, the the audios uh, audio issues at the moment. Uh, sorry, Madeline. Sorry to interrupt. Let's uh, let's let's continue this conversation. So uh, just a little bit about the nervous system, right? I, so because it's not just the kids, it's also us adults, right? COVID happened last year. No one expected this. Uh, there's a threat. There's factors of unknown. Constant bombardment of negative, frightening news out there. Our nervous system, when we perceive all this, you know, when it is it's going to say that, okay, you know what? We are either, the, the nervous system is a constant regulation of the body's way of responding to stress, right? So our nervous system, which we will feel, is, is going to say, okay, let's fight. Let's flight, run away, or let's collapse. Let's fight. So we are constantly just fighting argument you know run away there's no way to run mco you're confined to the house um what happens is that what needs to happen is that we need to be able to regulate regulate means uh the ability to manage our big emotions by staying present by witnessing it and manage our big emotions because um as as adults, when you have babies, when a child cries and a, and a mother or a father would regulate themselves, be relaxed, be calm, before they pick up a child and they soothe the child. Okay? So that's what regulate is. And because there is constant negative news out there, constant. EMCO, MCO, we are all confused. Where can we go? Where can we not go? Do we take the vaccine? Do we not take the vaccine? You know what I mean? Kids cannot make sense of all this. Kids, number one, when we were working with kids, um, because we wanted to hear, all this while we are only hearing the voices of adults. We are not hearing the voices of children. So we wanted to hear the voices of children. And, and, and kids are saying, you know, some of them do not really understand COVID, right? Some of them, are because of the reaction, the kids are only witnessing the reaction of parents. Because of the re reaction, they are afraid or paranoid that their parents will go out, uh, get the virus, and then pass away and die. And then they will be left orphans. These are, these are fears. These are perceived fears right? Some of the kids who have not gone online for a year, the next year, which is this year, they have to upgrade. They, you know, if you're standard two, you have to go standard three. And many kids are saying, you know, I'm left behind. One year of living behind, now I have to go to school, I can't catch up. So all these are stresses in the body, which causes 
the child to react. And this is where the behavioral problem comes. You know, we need to be able to look at the child's behavioral problems, not as the child is defying, uh, rebelling, we're not, uh, but the child is actually asking for help. The child is really asking for help. We need to go beyond punishing. We need to go beyond um, doing all the things we always do about for kids to manage them in terms of behaviorally, right? Caning. You know, I know of a parent who say, you know, I just bought a cane. I just bought a cane. You, if you walk into markets, you would see that they were selling cane, right? We actually do need to stop all this because when a child is is acting out, whether um, the child is, I'm going to read out all the all the all the symptoms, right? That you're going to see: hitting, kicking, yelling, blaming, demanding, controlling, oppositional, uh, moving towards. Uh, fighting, you know, this is when the child fights. Uh, running away, unfocused, plays with the fidget all the time, constantly ignoring you, uh, not, not wanting to bathe, not wanting to do anything, just tired all the time. The child has frozen and freezed, right? These are things that the child are not able to articulate. The child cannot tell you that, I don't know if mama or papa is going to go out and then coming back. Remember when, we've, when, when COVID first started, you, you would see newspaper articles where people would just collapse in the street. And, you know, or I would know, I know a couple of people who, you know, they've gone out to buy food and they come back and they found their mother hung. Um, these, are, these are really traumatic. And kids are just hearing all this from adults and not knowing what to do. So what we need to do as adults is learn how to regulate breath, prayer, right? Manage our emotions because when we manage our emotions, we are going to be seen as co-regulators. You're going to help your, your child manage their emotions. Madeline, if I just, if I just, if I just could come back to uh, what you were saying, you know, and, and I, I kind of, what came up, or what what ran through my mind when you were saying this is that how you know nonverbal I talk about nonverbal communication. If if parents are under stress, you know they, they may not want to tell their children, uh, but sometimes you know that negative energy uh, can be quite uh, uh, you know you, you you can transmit that to, and, and children are very 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 sensitive to these things. Um, we, we, could you talk a little bit about, you know, how, what can parents, you said something like, like breathing, praying, you know, can you explain a little bit more? What can parents do? Because as much as parents want to protect children, you know, they may not say it, but their nonverbal communication transmits this kind of, a, you know, fear, negativity and uncertainty. What, what can parents do from your experience of working with, with children and parents? Actually, you know, Father Clarence, you were saying that the pandemic, and we all have to reconstruct self. I mean, you know, the churches have done such a great job, you know, going online. It's the same thing with parenting. We have not been taught how to manage our nervous system when we are panic or, we, you know, uh, stress. We have all not been taught how to do it. So what can parents do is really find 
ways to relax themselves. Movement, either exercise, it doesn't have to walk if you cannot walk, right? Movement, music, uh, contemplation, silence, meditation. You have to find what works for your body. Really, it is body, it's the body because the nervous system is about the body. So it's really tuning in to the body. And for example, like some of the parents are saying, Marilyn, I am so helpless. And I said, take time out. You have to take time out. You have to be able to ask for help. You have to be able to say, you know what? I cannot manage my child, not because you are a bad parent, not because you don't know parenting, but you just cannot do it because it's just too much. So, there, you know, uh, these are big areas that a, a parent has to discover. Because if I say all this and you don't like music, then there's no point, right? So movement, music, uh, uh, silence, yeah? Things you do to calm, to not, you can't really be calm. Things you do to relax your body. Because when we are frantic and we are reacting and we talk and we, we, we react, we can't hear ourselves, the kids can't hear us. When you yell at somebody, they can't hear you, they shut down. Have you, have you been angry and then yelled at somebody and then actually nothing happens because you know, everyone gets hurt because you know, no one is actually listening to you? That's exactly, yeah. They're all in the fight, flight, freeze mode, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so parents actually, um, you know, we can actually have this whole discussion, uh, Father Clarence. Yeah, that's right. Regulate yourself. It's you know. I'm just going to I'm just going to bring Jamal into this conversation, and I, from from the perspective of a parent of, of two young young children, uh, what what practical advice would you give to other parents? What do you do, Jamal? Uh, I mean, to kind of you know help your children at this time. Certainly, um, I think Madeline again raised some really really interesting and some really really good points. Um, in terms of so if I look at it from, a, from, from an educational perspective, and I know I mentioned um, resilience earlier, and it's something which you know, I think is, should be at the fourth, forefront of, of, of our, our, our thinking at the moment in terms of something that we're looking to promote, something that we're looking to build, um, something that we're almost looking to take advantage of from this situation. So again, that idea that we leave this period of our, our, our time, of our lives, um, more resilient, stronger um, from the experience. Um, and I think that you know, something which you could look at is that in a, in, a, in a traditional school setting or a classroom environment, in order to do that, what we as educators would normally try to do with young children, and sometimes this is a challenge because they come from a relatively different mindset at home, which might be one of, you know, affection and, um, you know, expecting 10 out of 10 or 100% or A stars and, you know, tick, 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 tick on all of their work. And it's they, they come into often the classroom and we're talking about learners as, you know, as young as three, four, five, six years old, all the way across primary school, into a secondary school. Um, and it's about trying to promote uh, the sense that it's okay to make mistakes. And essentially that the classroom is the perfect environment to make mistakes. And in order to get better, we, we make mistakes, we learn from them. And, and, and it's, it's effectively this sort of a mentality that we try to promote. So essentially what you can look to do is try to 
almost replicate that at home. You know, Madeline's talking about children are under an immense amount of pressure, immense amount of stress. And so rather than, as, as she's mentioned, rather than looking to kind of act out or react to that in what might be a, a, a aggressive or abrasive or, or perhaps a negative way, looking to do the same thing, you know, promoting this culture at home that it is a challenging time um, and it's okay to not be okay sometimes um, and it's okay to talk about it and if you act in, let's say a child will turn it out or to, to make a state, um, mistake with how they manage their behavior, uh, it shouldn't be treated any differently to making a mistake with uh, a learning activity, for example. It should be a case of sitting down with that child and reassuring them that it's okay to make a mistake, but what we can do is we can look to improve and we can look to get better. And we can do that through conversations and you know a lot of positive reinforcement. And essentially, I think looking at that, we, we as parents have a massively important job right now because uh, educators, normally teachers, have a great influence on our children and they still do but i feel like in the current situation with how much physical contact time that we have with our children you know we, we we're really pushed to the forefront and i think that what we have to do is really look at promoting certain things as much as possible promoting projecting but also modeling they look to us all the time and so it, we have a huge responsibility and it's something that we shouldn't shy away from and worry about it's something that we should embrace with positivity we are those first-hand, those first experienced role models for our children. And so modeling the right kind of um, attitude or the right kind of perspective, you know, it could be, as, as I mentioned, sitting down and talking with your, ch your child and showing them about reflection. So we're looking at what we did, we're looking at how we can get better, whether it's, as I said, a, a math quiz or, or if it's something where we've made a mistake perhaps with, with how we've managed our behavior or expressed ourselves. It's, is perhaps something which we're, we as parents are not really looking for. But I think that, yeah, projecting, promoting that, modeling that, that's really important. Um, and if I can also, you know, while I'm on this uh, topic of, of that, I think, you know, one, one, one aspect uh, that's also massively important in any challenging time or, you know, whenever we're talking about things like anxiety and, 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 and worrying about things, um, I'd, I'd say two points are really important, again, for us as parents to try to think about and to practice, and for us as parents to try to project and promote our children. Um, and that would be number one that, you know, it, it, it is essentially um, not particularly healthy to be worrying about things which are beyond your control. And so if you try to limit your scope of worry to things that are only within your control, by doing that, not only are you going to be able to action and resolve more issues that might cause that anxiety, but also you're not worrying about, you know, aspects of the pandemic or the lockdown, which we as regular citizens have very little control and influence over. That aspect combined with gratitude, I think is really important. And, you know, I, I, I listened to Mark at the start of the podcast talking about being grateful. And I was nodding along when, when, you, when you were talking about it, Mark, because I feel like gratitude, um, being grateful, is almost a little bit of a lost art at times. And I feel like it's something that we put to the back of our minds and we don't reflect on as much as we should. Um, in a lot of respects, you can almost oversimplify that gratitude is, is, is one of the keys to happiness. And so looking at your situation, looking at what you have, and looking at trying to be grateful for that and, and, and really 
you know, put that at the forefront, I think, is, is, is another massively important aspect. Um, as I said, you know, it, it, is a, it is an extremely difficult, challenging time for a lot, a lot of people. Um, but, you know, Madeleine talks about something really interesting, you know, finding ways to relax yourself. I, I couldn't agree with that anymore. You know, she talks about meditation, exercise. You know, it's, it's, it's a challenge because with the EMCO just being announced, um, in, in Klang Valley uh, and in certain areas of Malaysia, it's difficult to maybe move or get, get outside. If we can or if you can, then that's something which we should really look to try to take advantage of, whether though it's something that you do it in your home. Um, and, you know, I talked earlier about structure um, and whether parents and children have structure where, you know, in a day or a week, they have specific periods of time for reflection, meditation, you know, being able to, to, to practice that with your child, I think, uh, and, and certainly in a state of meditation, practicing gratitude is, 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 is going to be really beneficial. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for, for sharing that. And, and I, I, I agree with you that today the children actually, they, they, they tend to look at us parents a lot in terms, and they, they follow us a lot. So every time I say, hey, I want to do it later because I'm busy, the same answer I'll get when I ask them to do something. <laughs> you know, so I say, hey, sweep the floor later. I'm busy. I say, busy with what? Busy with something, you know. So I think that is that. But but I think just if we draw back to the children today, I think uh, Madeline, you mentioned that they show signs, yeah, uh, in terms of like um, like like they're rebellious or they don't listen or sometimes they just zone out. So when those signs we, we start noticing, I think the the two things. One is how do we notice them? Because sometimes we may be busy at work, you know, or we're busy with our lives, or maybe sometimes. We say we want to be calm and all, but I can imagine just say if a parent who is going through a lot of things like if they don't have food. They don't have money to put food on the table they can't pay their loans and, and and people are calling them to collect money for example or stuff like that i mean the the immense pressure they have is going to be quite crazy so to be calm at that time i think yeah i mean we can pray for them but one thing is what can parents do is in that situations to actually identify that even though they're so busy and going through so much how can they identify these issues number one you know number two is that when they identify what can we do as parents to actually because it's not so easy. I try to convert in my kid, and sometimes they just they they, they put a wall up there and they they, they don't, don't want to talk so easily, you know. So what else can we do to actually help to 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 yeah to identify that and to how do we make a difference so that they, they start opening up or they start changing their their, their attitude uh, in terms of their mindset and and, and be more positive. I guess for parents who is at survival mode, you know who really do not have food and, and um, funds, they need to reach out. They really, they can't handle everything. They really need to reach out for help, right? It's, it's uh, how do you relax when you don't know where you're going to get food tomorrow? I guess this is where the church and everybody is coming in. But for the rest of the parents, what kids, I'm going to only advocate what kids need, right? How you do it is going to be a whole conversation, you know, because, because the thing is, like, like I said, we have to reconstruct it. A lot of kids are very insecure at this moment in time. Totally insecure. I mean, if you have pets at home, which I have, they are, even my pets are needy. They follow you wherever you go. You know what I mean? They are very insecure. So what actually kids need is really when they see something, listen. I know you're busy, but that's the most I can ask you to do is to listen because there's a child I know who 
who, who really gets into rage. And I was saying to him, before you actually even get into rage, there's a middle point. There's a middle point there, right? Before you get too angry. And I said, I, you know, I, I now understand you are angry is because when you say something, your parents are not listening to you. So uh, kids need to be listened to. Uh, kids also, you know, play. Play is the child's language to a lot of them being able to express their emotions, is able to release their, their stress and tension. If you are a family that hugs and you are touchy-feely, hugs, hugs. Okay, I know, you're I know you're feeling sad. I see that, you know, you're having a hard time. Um, what would you like? There is um, your ability, there's a storybook that we have that is ability to name the feelings. Name it. I can see that you're sad. I can see that you're really frustrated, right? I, and then another thing is to be able to find out what is it that the child is able, I'm going back to the word regulate. I'm going back to us being able to know how to relax ourselves because the child is going to learn how to relax themselves from their parents. But the ones that you mentioned that has got no income and no food, they need support. They need support because there's a mother that I worked with and she whacks the son to the extent of, if you ask me, will classify abuse. But then on the other hand, she says, I cannot control my anger. So I said, let me work with the, the, the mother, right? So I, I really think this is really the time to collaborate. If we are not collaborating in all these years, this is the time for us to collaborate. We don't have resources everywhere. Um, it's like this, it's being able to, you know, train, you know, Father Clarence. If there are people, if you have a support group in church that is able to take on this psychosocial program to be able to uh, work with parents on how to manage their, their kids or, or understand their kids, or, you know, you have teachers or counselors or support teams that are able to run this program with their kids to just hear what the kids have to say. Listen to what the kids have to say. They have a lot to say. And we don't, you know, I mean, the, the, the fears are real in their heads. It may not be real to us, but it's real in their heads. Let's, let's just, uh, picking up on what you said, Madeline, uh, earlier, I think, you know, some of these uh, behavioral changes, you know, uh, are because of, you know, they themselves are, are confused as what's happening at this time, uh, insecurities. Uh, so some of these behavioral changes, and I think some parents probably do not know how to handle them. So, you know, if you come from an old school uh, parent, old, old school parenting style, uh, it ends up with, with a, a kind of a, a punitive uh, uh, response, you know, uh, maybe probably that's what Mark and I grew up with, I think, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, in the sense that, uh, how, how do you, you know, how do you get to this level of being able to communicate? And I think Jamil alluded to that earlier about positive reinforcement. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, 
uh, he talked about you know sitting down to them and talking to them you talked about you know uh, non-verbal expressions like hugging uh, let's just giving being reassuring uh, to the child uh, I, i'm just trying to understand for for our listeners here you know um, maybe not all bad behavior is actually bad behavior in a strict sense uh, probably it's, it's a call uh, they are asking for some kind of assistance or for attention, possibly for attention, for time. And I think this is the challenge. Uh, children are on online school. Parents are online work. Employers expect their employees to perform as good as uh, how they were in face-to-face, so they don't have time. What are some practical tips that you could offer uh, to parents at this time, uh, either Jamil or Madeline, uh, to be able to how to make time to do this positive reinforcement? Uh, what can they do, you know, to to reassure them uh, that things will get better? Jamil, you want to go first? You know, it's again, Madeline and, and yourself have just have just mentioned something, and that's you know having those conversations. Um, Certainly talking with, with your children and spending as much time as you can to listen to them is, is, is key. Um, behavior or, or, or concerns or issues with, with how children um, um, maybe express themselves behaviorally can, can, can be put down to a lot of aspects. Um, and frustration can be another aspect. So again, I think it's just about trying to cultivate or promote a culture um, that that's okay and that expression is, is Particular, particularly at a time like this, is something that we are able to do and, and we should be looking to do. Um, I think that often when we're faced with challenges in a learning environment um, and the children are finding something very difficult because it's new or, or, or they feel that, that perhaps they, um, they don't have all the answers, um, it's almost about providing them with more experience and more exposure to this feeling because it's almost about the idea of and this is linked to becoming lifelong learners because we as adults you know don't don't graduate at a certain age and have all the answers and, and, and stop we, we always continue to face challenges and, and, and we need to learn and, and, and improve and get better and so what this is really about is about kind of cultivating this 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 idea of being comfortable in the uncomfortable so this aspect is that the child or, or the individual um, is in an uncomfortable situation, but when they uh, sort of persevere and strive and, and, and overcome that, in the future, when they're faced with challenges or uncomfortable situations, they're almost able to look at it and tell themselves, it's okay, I've been here before, I know how this feels, I'm familiar with this feeling, um, and be able to sort of then pull back on, on some of those skills. Um, but I think in terms of actual practical um, you know, practice, uh, yeah, as, 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 as mentioned, finding time for your children, being able to, to sit and listen, being able to, Madeline mentioned, you know, uh, physical contact. I think, you know, if you are a, a family that's, that's close and, and, and really embraces and practices that, that's something which, you know, we need to really be giving a lot, a lot of thought and time to as well. Um, and, you know, again, time for structure, whether that's aspects during the week or during the day where you have specific uh, 
individual activities or specific family activities together where you get to whether it's playing games or reading books or, or having opportunities to really you know both structured and unstructured i think uh, would be would be really really positive at this time um positive reinforcement is about reassuring the children as well that things are okay that's massively important if our children are feeling anxious or worried or stressed or, or frustrated I, I feel that we as parents have a, have a duty and a responsibility to really fall back on, on, on the things that, as I mentioned earlier, we're grateful for, the things that bring us peace and happiness. And that can be, that can be anything. That can be our faith. That could be you know, the love that we have within a, within a close family circle. I think it's about trying to promote that as much as possible with, uh, with our children. Um, I just want to say thanks to Father. Sure, Madeline. Father, you know, the thing is that I know we say that we have no time. But in this pandemic, you do have to find time because you know why? You're going to burn out. We're all going to burn out with the stress level and the constant working and working and working. We will burn out. That's why you're saying, um, you know, when you burn out, this is the feeling of hopelessness, the feeling of giving up, the feeling of despair. This, this is why you're seeing a lot of suicide rates going on, right? Uh, so you do have to find time. Good food as much as you can. You know, we are giving away things. You have to give them. Another thing is you. I'm going back to the body because you can actually sit on a bouncing ball, bounce, right? That's another thing. You can bounce. I'm sitting here on a bouncing ball, as you can see. And then another thing is, you know, your body needs to move. You can rock yourself to feel a lot better. You feel, you know, be present. Touch your body, be present here. Um, there's this thing here. If you need to fidget, you do this, you do this, right? There's a lot of things, there's a lot of ways to do it, but it's a skill. Regulation is a skill that we have to learn. And this is a, you know, yeah. So uh, I like the fact that Jamal is saying uh, gratitude. Wake up every morning before you go to bed. You know, wake up to say that you actually have a family. Wake up to know that you actually have a job or food. That's going to help. Uh, yeah. Play. Uh, laugh. Laugh. Come up with something silly to laugh. You know, it could be crazy yeah. things. You don't need money to, to laugh. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. So sweet. Oh, breath is cheap. Breath is cheap. You know, three inhalations, six exhalation. Your exhalation is longer than inhalation. Breathe in God, breathe out love to the world, right? Breathe in gratitude, breathe out gratitude, three, six, that's, that's free. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I have another reason to, to, to bring out that bouncy balls and use it for the chair. <laughs> it's, it's good for your yeah. back. Yeah. Good for yeah. the back. Everyone is doing this, right? And yeah. aches because of all this. We have quite a bit of engagement from our from our from our audience this morning. There are some questions that are that have come up. Uh, yeah, Mark, you want to take them? Yes. So this one here goes to Jamil. Uh, basically, it's from Fatima Raju. So good morning. How do we help children who cannot cope with online lessons? So maybe Jamil, over to you. Hey, sorry, you're muted. Okay. No. Hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? Ah, yeah. Now, now you can. 
Okay, super. Yeah, obviously this is a, a something of massive concern, I think, with a lot of parents. Um, and we alluded to it earlier in terms of children and accessibility. This is a key aspect when it comes to, so we as you know, practitioners, teachers, we're looking at making sure our children are able to access learning. And if a child can't cope, then that is a massive problem and, and a barrier. Um, it, it, it's, I'll try and give some general advice. I would, I would, I would start by saying it's, it's always difficult to, um, it's always difficult to give something very specific um, in, you know, when, when you think about it in a, in a case by case scenario, in the sense that I would always start if I had a concern with my child's learning, I would always first and foremost go to the teacher. So whether that is having direct contact with your child's teacher online or being able to um, contact them in, 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 in any sort of way, uh, I think being able to, you know, again, go back to, to uh, regular times, I would always as a teacher and welcome a parent coming into make an appointment to visit me and, and discuss their child's learning or concerns over the child's learning. So this is essentially the concern where this parent feels that the child might not be able to cope or access or, or, or be, be, you know, able to really um, gain and improve from, from the online learning provision. First and foremost, look to, look to arrange the contact to speak with that teacher or possibly a school leader. Um, and I think in the meantime, again, it's about trying to see if you can find areas where you can reassure or support your child. So whether that means that your child might need a little bit of modeling from you at home as to how to access that platform or how to engage in an activity. Um, you as a parent, as, as Madeline said, you know, we, we again, we have to have to try to, to, to find time for things. This might not be at a time where perhaps you are uh, in the day working on, on your laptop or working, doing your work at the same time as your child. You might need to find some time outside of that to break down the problem and see what is it that you're struggling with. Uh, let's look at it together. Let's look at it and try to see if we can we can solve this and see how you can get more out of your online learning provision. So I'd look at that. I'd look at two things. One, try and take some time, make some time to um, sit in with your child to support them directly. Um, but also look at contacting the teacher. You know, um, as a teacher, any parent that that, that drops me a, drops me a message or, or, or if we have a video call. You know that's 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 my that's my duty first and foremost to to give them everything that I have as you know, professionals. I would expect that that should be expected of, of, of all educators at this time. Uh, we have to put our children and their their parents at the forefront of what we do, so that we're able to um, to help them through this time. Just just Jamil to kind of like you know continue with what you just said, you know, mm -hmm. in a kind of a very brief answer. Would would you recommend you know for students? some downtime you know just away from from online lessons just to kind of you know uh yeah. you know because i think there's this there's there's, a, there's an oval i mean we we all digitally there's, there's a digital fatigue that's not just with adults i mean yeah. i see myself having so much of online time now than before would you recommend to the children sometimes you know just take some time off you know and, and do nothing you know would that be a kind of from an educator's yeah. point of view absolutely um, certain educators, or maybe a slightly outdated traditionalist point of view, might say no. But no, absolutely. Um, you know that adage of less is more is often um, applied to certain aspects, and I think certainly when it comes to um, online learning, there can be, depending on certain variables like a child's age or something like that, perhaps their learning style, um, that we as educators need to be mindful of. That certainly less can be more. Um, 
it depends again on the school itself, but I feel like we as parents need to take responsibility if our school or the provision isn't set up to suit our child. Um, uh, the school which I, which I work in is, 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 I think, very progressive and positive, and, and we do practice things like you know, brain breaks and digital detoxes and things like that. We don't have a child, you know, sat in front of a computer, or we as teachers sat in front of a computer from eight in the morning until three in the afternoon. Uh, that's just not uh, uh, that, that's just not going to be beneficial. Um, so it's about changing the learning steps. You know, for example, we'll practice whole class activities or small group activities or one-to-one -one learning tutorials where you know it's just myself and one student that may be working on something for 15 or 20 minutes and then we'll come back later and, and so being able to 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 promote that um certainly that's massively important and you know you can combine that right you can have um some periods or sessions in the morning you know broken up throughout the morning ideally um and you can combine that with with things like Madeline mentioning that uh, you know being able to, to to reflect and sit down and you said Father Clarence about doing nothing it's it's, it's yeah it's, it's key uh, finding that time um, to really explore your thoughts your feelings your emotions um, and then having that brain break that, that digital detox absolutely yeah so Father we're close to one hour <laughs> yeah uh, I think this topic can go much yeah more depth to it. Uh, um, but maybe before we end, maybe we could ask, because I think there's one question, what can we do as a community? I mean, today we see uh, many initiatives being done. So maybe Magdalene, and, yeah, you want to say, maybe could you add to this? What can you do as a community a lot? I think you can come together, uh, bring your resources together and offer your support to uh, people in need, whether it's going to be uh, additional support for mm -hmm. Kids who, like you were talking about, um, they can't they can't cope online. They may need tutoring. So you know, help them. Uh, you may come together and, uh, besides the basic needs, offer emotional support. The COVID, the pandemic is all about emotional support too, besides the physical, right? Uh, you know, to to be able to offer a space where actually people, if you don't even offer any of the support, you can even just be a space where people can come and ask for help because not all the information is out there. You have to find the information. Be a space where people can just say, you know what, I actually have a problem. What can I do? Uh, yeah. Support and collaboration. So many things. There are tons of things that y'all can do. Tons. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, be a child advocate. You know, it's not always the child's fault. Never the chance for. True. Uh, Madeline, I just just want to kind of, uh, you talked a little, little bit about earlier before we go to Jamal, uh, you know, your work with children in, in B40 families, uh, especially when they have to live in confined areas, uh, you know, smaller homes, uh, you know, you can't go out, there's no, you know, there, there isn't a playground at the moment uh, that, that kids can go to, uh, to kind of, you know, I, I just I just think of, of, of my own childhood. Uh, a lot of the non-formal, I may use the word, education or formation takes place in the in the playground, isn't it? I mean, uh, yeah. we learn a lot of coping mechanisms uh, in, in the playground. But today, uh, if you look at at children generally, uh, a, a different uh, kind of a lifestyle. You know, uh, they they. 
they, they seem to like confined spaces. I mean, if you ask them to go out and play, that the idea of play is is is, is either a, another gadget, isn't it? I mean, uh, that's that's the reality that that at least I I, I hear from from my my friends and and their children uh, that going out, you know, and we, we talked about going out, taking walks, and you know, getting to some fresh air and clear the mind. Uh, the, the question that I wanted to put to you is. You know how 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 can parents, uh, you know, be able to communicate uh, with their children in a, in a kind of a level where, you know, you are really able to reach their heart and and not just the head. Uh, in, in that sense, I don't know if you understand what I mean, but you know, but a lot of times it's you telling them what to do, yeah. Um, and and how do you do? How do you help parents to get to the heart, get to their heart, you know? This is another reconstruction, right, of parenting, father, parents. Yeah. If you have always been cognitive in the head and you should do this, you should do that, is you, you the parent has the parents the one who has to change first, right? Um, I, I guess it's just dropping into your heart. We all have a heart. Drop into your heart. How do we drop into your heart? There are many ways to drop into your heart. Okay, that's number one. Number two is you're absolutely right. Um, at this moment in time. Kids really need you to um, listen, you know. Listen is really the key to it. Because unless you know what the child is struggling, you really will not be able to respond from your heart. Otherwise, it's, you are demanding your, the shoulds and you should not, the judgment that is coming out, the prosecution of saying that you're really lazy and dirty and smelly and why are you not you know doing your homework these are all really just head disconnected from the child um not heart that we all know about uh and it's it's the other way around right how can i help you i see that you are struggling online uh you know lessons what is it that you're struggling with is it tough to follow when they when they cannot follow a lesson and they feel as if they are failing, right? Then they don't want to continue, right? Because no one likes to fail. Yeah. Uh, no one likes to feel uh, as if I'm inadequate. When they go online, they sometimes these are kids who are uh, are not the extroverts, the introverts. When they go online, they have got a lot of friends. They actually. They, they are able to play games that they can actually achieve something to the next level. Uh, they, ha they have friends. They have friends there that are coming together and, you know, not judging them. So, ah. <laughs> I, I, I guess, yeah. Stop judgment. Stop, yeah. stop the judgment. I, if, you, if you stop the judgment, actually, you know what? Even more simple. You take a deep breath and you breathe in love into your heart, okay? Or something that you love, maybe durians or something like that. If you love something and you breathe it into your heart, you actually drop into your heart, right? That's the fastest way to do it. <laughs> and then after that, you ask, I see that you are struggling. Or oh, I hear that, would you like to tell me about this? Start with that. The ear yeah. has to do a lot more work than the mouth. 
Yeah. And that's why we say sometimes God gave us two ears and one mouth. Uh, so <laughs> that's why he, he, in his great wisdom, said, you know, you need to listen more and talk less. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe I, I just re re redirect this question to, to Jamil. Now, uh, yeah, Madeline has some very interesting uh, tips for parents. Jamil, mm -hmm. in our audience this morning, they also, I'm sure there, there are a few educators. Uh, what would be your words of uh, pearls of wisdom to educators who are listening? You know, what should they do to help children uh, with their well-being during this time? Uh, sure. Can I, can I give some perspective on that? And then can I also just follow on from Madeline's points as well? Sure, sure. Okay, excellent. Uh, educators, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's something which I feel, you know, is an innate attribute and quality that educators have and, and, and will have in their hearts fr from the get-go. We get into this profession um, because of our, 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 our love of, of, of working with, with children and cultivating learning and, and, and seeing that progression and really, really guiding and mentoring. So we just need to channel that as much as possible and we need to put the children at the forefront of everything we do. Uh, it's as simple as that. In terms of um, the extra stress and pressure that we are on as, as, as educators, which is again, quite substantial, um, it's about finding our community. You know, we've talked about that a, a, a couple of times and I think having a community that supports you, whether that's your, your fellow teachers, your staff, your leaders, you need to go to people that are going to be able to listen to you because as Madeline mentioned with children and being able to express themselves, it's the same with teachers and educators. They need to be able to express themselves as well and, and really work through any, 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 any worries or doubts or anxieties or things that they have. Um, again, what I would say to those teachers is look at how well you've done look at the progress that you've made. Um, I think that if any teacher that's worked online in that very first week of teaching online looks at how they taught online in that last week of teaching online, they could be very proud of. And I know that my colleagues and the teachers I work with, I'm extremely proud of them for how much uh, growth and progression that they've shown in their, their online teaching competency. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, at the start of the podcast, by the time, well, you said that I, maybe I was quite young, so I might have had training in online teaching. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I certainly don't feel young. Um, <laughs> I think it's something that, you know, I, I went, I came into this as a novice as well, and I've had to try to try to get better. Um, but it's, yeah, it's certainly about, again, that first week of online learning for myself as a teacher or for my children in my class or for my children here at home, it was certainly a, a, an uncomfortable situation. But I mentioned earlier in the podcast that when it comes to that skill of resilience and building that character within us as individuals, it's about becoming comfortable in the uncomfortable. And it's about that feeling so that when we face challenges in the future, we go to ourselves i've been here before i know how this feeling of discomfort feels uh, and i'm going to be able to drive through so that's what I, you know that's that's the perspective from that what madeline said couldn't be anymore she talked about making time that's so important she's talked about listening to children i can't stress that enough as well um two last bits from me one would be try to take an interest in your child's interests if you can whether that's you know playing puzzles or reading books or um you know, uh, house plants or watching the Euros or eating chocolate or dancing, anything that you can do with your children that your child has an interest in, um, latch onto that, celebrate that, really make that the highlight of your home environment and those golden 
moments, that, that golden time that you have during the day or during throughout the week. Um, and lastly, remember, it's okay. You need to promote that to your child. You need to, uh, almost that becomes your mantra. You need to say that to yourself. You need to say that to your to your close friends or your work colleagues or your spouse or partner. You need to really reflect and remember that it's okay. Uh, and it's okay to not be okay when it's tough. And just remember that, that pressure creates diamonds. Can I, can uh, I just say one thing, Father? Sure. Yes, yes, Madeline. Just one last thing. Uh, mindfulness, being mindful of, uh, you know, uh, what is it that we are saying to kids? You know, in the play therapy sessions that we run, there's one message that we always give the kids and the kids always walk, walk out with. I hear you, I see you, and I value you. If the language that we offer kids offer that kind of messages, mm. you're actually hitting the heart of the kids. I hear you. Everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to be seen. Even if you're an adult, you want, you know, and I value you. Yeah. Just, just listening to both of you. I mean, we've had a conversation quite a bit now, uh, an hour, 15 minutes. And before we kind of round this up, I, I, I kind of like, three things that really jump out to me. And, you know, one thing is, I think, listening to you, one thing is you say, to make time, you know, to be able to make time uh, in this chaos that we are in, uh, despite all the challenges, to be able to, to make time for one another. Secondly is, I think, to be able to offer positive reinforcement. Uh, no matter what what you're going through at this time, you know, and like, like Madeline, you said, you know, you could be at the lowest, uh, at this time, and if you need help to seek, get help from others, you know, uh, to be able to offer positive reinforcement. And the third one I, I, I keep hearing is, is listen, both from Madeline and, and from Jamel, to be able to listen. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, how could we put all these three things together? Uh, and what came up to me is that, you know, perhaps, you know, at home, now that we are in a lockdown, you know, maybe the evening meal could be a time that the family gets together to do all these three things, you know, okay. to be totally present to one another, you know, uh, no devices, no gadgets, all put aside, mommy, daddy, not working, uh, you know, just being present to one another. Uh, and I think uh, that's something that we all can do, uh, you know, uh, then, and as Madeline said, you know, food, yeah, it's, it's the nourishment of the heart and the mind uh, and of the soul too, and the conversations that take place. So, and I, I mean, I kind of just like, you know, thought, you know, this is something practical that we all can do, you know, to maybe afternoon meal is very difficult. Like Jamal said that, you know, international schools go on quite a bit. Uh, parents are working. Maybe the evening meal could be a time uh, that, you know, you are able to, to make time. You're able to offer some reinforcement, to listen to them uh, and to be able to, to, to keep that family together. Yeah. So... Just kind of like trying to summarize all that has been said in one practical thing that people can do. Yeah, Father, but also Father, I think uh, maybe it's also time to that we can pray as a family. You know, sometimes we don't do that that often. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah and, and 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 gratitude. I think and I think yeah, that's the other thing. You know, to bring gratitude in your in your prayer and in your in your whole being to uh, to be thankful despite all the difficulties and the challenges and the hundred and one complaints that that. People have, and I have too. But you know, in all of it, I think you know it's it's gratitude. Yeah, I'm truly grateful for this conversation, uh, Madeline and, and Jamil, for this morning's. You know, really, you know, trying to help us to to help parents, help families uh, to 
to stay you know in that in that state of of well-being not just the kids but also for parents for the community also truly grateful for for having made this time for us thank you father clarence and mark thank you one more person yeah 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 alex <laughs> alex is on the background yeah. <laughs> yeah putting this together i think it's important to actually talk about kids we are not talking about kids enough yeah yeah definitely and definitely we hope to have you all in the show in the future so yeah so thank you very much yeah thank you well, thank you gentlemen yeah. madeline thank you Jamil. yeah yeah okay so father uh maybe father we could speak a little bit uh, before we leave Father, in terms of Maybe what are the initiatives the church is doing, Father, uh, with regards to, uh, yeah, with regards to the, to, to yeah, to, to to helping people, Father, at this time. So I, I think that there are lots of initiatives in in many of our churches. I've seen things happening around, uh, in terms of I think basically is 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 putting food on people's table. I think at this time this is the greatest need. You know, many of you have seen the the, the white flag uh, 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 kind of a agenda. Uh, you know, the bandera pute. And I, and I and I recall this, you know, uh, what Pope Francis has said. You know, I mean, for us going to going to the mass, of course, we we miss going to to mass uh, physically, but the Eucharistic sharing continues. And he says our our participation in the Eucharist is a mission, and our mission is to feed the poor. And I think it really makes sense at this time. You know, there are lots of people out there who are who are struggling to put food uh, on the table. Uh, some may be shy to to put up the the white flag. Like we were talking earlier, Mark, you you said that you've already seen some. We've seen some on social media already. Uh, but I think there's some people who may be just too shy to put it. But you know, if we can just reach out uh, as a community to help one another, to share to share from the little that we have, you know. And I, and I think at this time, this is this is our mission, you know. So reach out to your parishes, uh, look around and see how you can help. You know, lots of initiatives, uh, food banks are there. Uh, in small uh, places, in small, uh, I think some of the uh, hypermarkets, uh, supermarkets have started. Also, some organizations. Uh, many, I know, many parishes have got uh, Vincent de Paul Ministries of the Poor uh, have started some initiatives. So, reach out to your parish. Uh, let's not leave anyone hungry at this time. You know, uh, we are already fighting a pandemic, and it, it's not a time for people to be hungry, especially children. You know, if you can't if you can't help yourself, uh, get others involved. You, if you can't get, reach out to organizations, reach out to your churches, your parishes, uh, and I'm sure there's some level of assistance can be offered to people. Yeah. So let's not let not bandera pute just be a slogan, but let it be a call to action for us as Christians, uh, as Catholics, uh, to to reach out to our neighbor. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Father, for the great reminder. I think. Uh... Yeah, a lot of us today, I mean, we just have to look out just a little bit. If we can, each of us help one or two people or, or to make a difference, I think if a lot of us do it, it'll make a, a bigger impact. Yeah, so we don't have to do really big things, but yeah, one or two things. I think that, that is amazing. Yeah, and, and just to remind people who are listening, I mean, thank you for joining us at Catholics at Home. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube. Yeah, uh, yeah. so if you, if you listen to us, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Or even like our page on Facebook, and you can find us on Spotify on Instagram. I mean, we are we we we're looking to get more subscribers in, and also that you can get up to date in terms of when is our next show, what's coming up next, and we are looking for ten thousand in 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 a couple of months. Yeah, so that's our goal, and we hope that you are able to help us spread the word. Yeah, spread this podcast. Yeah, even though it's not live, I mean, if you are hearing it after that, yeah, share the links around so that people can be educated in terms of what they can do for their children, 
well-being during the lockdown during this MCO3 and I think the, uh, that is something you could do and, and at the same time before we end further uh, just like to share that we have this group called Willing Hearts yep so it's uh, one of our, our, our something we created under Catholics at Home to actually help uh, small businesses or individuals who are looking for extra income or uh, to actually sell your services or, or products or items or even home cooked food, uh, meals and stuff like that you can go to Willing Hearts at Facebook in the groups and actually start posting yeah, in terms of the items you have. And we have close to about 4,000 plus members already uh, who will be constantly looking at uh, how we can actually support each other. Yeah. So don't forget to visit us at Willing Hearts and also to follow that, that group. Yeah. So I think, Father, it's come to an end for yeah. today's show. So yeah. let's say a prayer before we end, as we always do. Uh, and yes, we Father. pray this morning in a very special way for families, uh, who are struggling, we pray for children who are crying out for help. Uh, we remember them in prayer this morning. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we, we thank you for this opportunity, for this conversation this morning. We thank you for our guests, for Madeline, for Jamil, who have helped us to, to see the things that we can do in these times. Though we may be struggling ourselves, we know that we can use the little gifts, the talents that you have given to us to reach out to people. We ask you to open our eyes, open our ears, and most importantly, to open our hearts to be able to reach out. We pray for families out there. We pray for young people, children uh, who are trying to cope in this chaos, in this confusion. We pray that we may be an instrument to bring hope, to be that beacon of light that, that you have given us through Jesus. Mary, our mother, we ask you to pray for us, to accompany us at this time. St. Joseph, we ask you to watch over us. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you next Saturday, too, at the same time. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, Mark. See you soon. Mm -hmm.